Hello and welcome to the Wade John Taylor Patriot Report. Today is the 24th of February 2021. It is a Tuesday. Thank you for joining me and for the next half hour, 45 minutes or so. I'll be talking to you about the Patriot Movement in some areas of the country and some concern about new trends coming out of the left on censorship and more particularly, actually, out of corporations and the role that they're having um, in censorship. If you'd like to know more about the pamphlet or what we do, you can find out some information on our website, www.thepamphlet.net, and there you'll find previous issues of the pamphlet, podcasts, blogs, and other information. All right, let's get started. So in a tale um, of how the left is trying to censor everything, um, they are now, the House Democrats are now demanding to know why uh, your cable TV outlets, for those of you who still have cable, um, aren't, aren't censoring right-wing news. Uh, essentially, they're posing the question, um, do you intend to carry Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, and other left-leaning uh, news networks after their contracts expire? And if so, why? Now, this is a, a very scary encroachment and certainly covers the First Amendment. Uh, Congress in itself is using a bullying tactic, or tactic excuse me, to try and censor what you, what you hear, what you see. And anything that does not go along with their narrative, anything that does not go along with a narrative that says there was no election fraud, Biden is a wonderful person, um, there are 60 genders, or however many there are, um, abortion is good, um, Antifa terrorists uh, blowing up cities is okay, but uh, peaceful Trump protesters with flags um, are not okay. And those people who speak about them, whether they be politicians, news companies, it really doesn't matter. They are not going to have a voice. And that is clear from Congress all the way down to the smallest leftist who is trying to insist that your voice does not matter if it goes against the narrative because you must be some sort of right-wing terrorist. But as if the House or the Congress, uh, soon to be followed by the Senate, is not um, scary enough, you have corporations such as Coca-Cola who have a global reach that are fundamentally changing the way we do business and everyone does business simply by edict without even going through the Constitution because they, they use their um, monopoly powers to basically decide what, who's going to work and who's going to not work. Um, for an example, uh, two, two weeks ago, um, roughly, there was, you know, Coca-Cola made, uh, at least that's when I found out about it, made an announcement that all of the law firms that they do business with worldwide are going to have to conform to hiring so many black people, so many Latino, they're, they're basically going to give quotas. And if you don't do that, then you're not going to do business with Coca-Cola, period. So 
obviously there's a ton of money on the table with a lot of big firms that's been doing business with them for a long term. But now these million dollar, billion dollar companies, and even a lot of small guys, which is really the ones who's going to hurt, are either going to comply and, well, fire a quarter of their staff or whatever they have to do and look for other other employees that fit the quota. And if they don't, they're not going to get Coca-Cola contracts. As if this wasn't bad enough, recently a, an employee uh, training uh, has surfaced that you employees need to stop trying to be so white. They're, they're too white. And they need to decrease their whiteness. This is, of course, backfiring amongst at least some of the consumers because there's a lot of information going out over social media sites as far as uh, memes and, and they're really getting pounded on this saying essentially um, I don't know how to decrease the amount that I'm white but I certainly know how to decrease the amount of coke that I, I drink and, and so you know it, it, it baffles me uh, someone who went to school for five years for, for college or for uh, marketing and business and, and project management um, how how a company can just decide you know what I I think that I can survive without 50% of the people who who drink my product or consume my product and well you know they'll pretty much just keep consuming it because we, we think that our product is that good and they're just gonna have to conform and and like us because we're wielding their dollars in the name of socialism and communism and they'll just have to like it I, I can't for the life of me understand that business model unless they're spending so much money on the government and things that they'll be in line for the next check or the next uh, stimulus thing you know we'll we'll go ahead and parrot your 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 crazy left-wing mentalities and and uh, pseudoscience that is, is all wrapped up in a pretty bow and, and meant to demoralize and, and ostracize people but we expect to have um, you know some money from you a kickback or something and on another level I can't help but wonder perhaps maybe they're operating out of fear and maybe it's they, they see how many businesses have been crushed by this all-powerful government um, especially with the the sugar taxes and and things like that that are threatening to to absolutely wipe out some of their um, consumer base in the dollars. Perhaps they make this this deal or out of fear by saying, "Look, if we go down this this racist um, black supremacy idea and be the first ones to tout reparations and whatever it is." that the Democratic Party or those people who are in power right now um, want, then perhaps we'll, we'll get a break and, and they'll not attack us on the sugar end. So, so to me, you know, from an outsider looking in on a 50,000-foot level, I can't help but wonder if this is some sort of blackmail involved as well. I, I mean, surely companies should have some common sense um, when it comes to ostracizing you know half of the population who may or may not in the case maybe now consume their product anymore where's their their money going to come from it very well may be that these companies take a look at the big picture and say look 
if I don't jump on this bandwagon and be their number one supporter, they're going to institute this sugar tax and they're going to jack it up so high that we're not going to sell any products and everyone's going to get off the the sugar addiction and uh, and caffeine addiction and soda addiction that they have. So losing 50% of their base is certainly a lot better than losing 100% of their base. And well, heck, they'll, they'll recover the money somehow, jack up the prices, and you'll see it in, in inflation. And basically, they'll sell less, but they'll charge more, and they'll make up the price. And those people who really used to enjoy Coke, well, they'll have a little bit more money to spend on something else, because they certainly won't be buying the product. Um, I know personally for me, grew up with it, loved it. Um, I was a big fan, and now um, I'll look to avoid it. Just because I don't want to to send my money to to the cause of socialism and and racism, and and that's certainly what Coca Cola is supporting now. But it's not just Coke. I mean, obviously you have the the front runners like Amazon and Facebook and Twitter and and all of these uh, Google, of course, me mega corporations who who are seeking to fundamentally control the narrative they're not beholden to the First Amendment, uh, not, not at this point in, uh, in the game. And so they can essentially do whatever they want. And because they are monopolies and they haven't been challenged and taken down like they should have a long time ago, uh, they're more powerful than the government. And most of the government really don't care because, well, they're making some really good money off of the deal. And I think that's the core of the problem that we have in this country. So I, I think our main duty and the takeaway from this as, as patriots is to, to be actively aware of what corporations are buying into this um, blatant um, racism and black supremacy uh, that surveys show that, that um, most African Americans support the police and don't want them defunded, uh, don't buy into this, and that crime surges when this happens, and and it's it does a disservice to those individuals who have pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and and earned their way like any hardworking American and and are doing phenomenal and are architects and doctors and and better than some of the the greatest um, people ever out there. So. We as Americans of all races uh, that have been born on the wrong side of the tracks uh, without a silver, silver spoon in their mouths, um, you know, we don't have any privilege. I mean, my, my father died when I was eight years old because uh, he, he had the same nightmare every night about uh, his, his platoon getting wiped out and, and him being the only survivor uh, running from from the enemy in the jungles and, and i'm supposed to um <laughs> think that that i come from a privileged family where we were impoverished and and my mom worked and and we had to 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 make it off of what we had and you know my country's paid the price for defending liberty and freedom and i'm not wealthy I'm a disabled veteran living on a fixed income, have my own challenges. Um, my grandfather, for that matter, sailed into Pearl Harbor when they were still pulling bodies out. He served. He signed up. I, I got people in my family all the way back to the Revolutionary War. Uh, Thomas McKean, the last signer of the Declaration of Independence. 
um, was was the last signer because he was out serving, sending uh, his troops were on the way to to help George Washington. So my family, my roots, and me personally uh, have served this country, and we haven't we haven't been wealthy by it. We've been doing the best we can, and there's no privilege there. This comes from work, and when I didn't work, when I was lazy, had my head up my rear, as some young people do, things didn't go good. And when I tried, and I worked, and I went to school full-time while I was working full-time and and <laughs> clawing my way up through the world, things went well. And no amount of money that anyone wants to hand me is going to change my success. If, if I haven't earned something in this world, I don't know how to spend it. I don't know how to what to do with it. Every time I've I've got more money than I was worth. My pride takes over, and I, and I think that's a human thing. That's not a racial thing. And we, uh, people of all races, need to stand together and say enough of this, enough of this mess. Anyway, that's that's enough down that rabbit hole. When we come back, I think it's uh, about time we get into the mood of some of the populace, and um, maybe it's uh, about the same where it is where you guys live. But I, I think that change is coming in not only the the people who as as conservatives trump supporters trumpians whatever they they call us um you know some people call us traitors nowadays not only the way we're thinking but the general populace the the neutral people in this country uh those who are just just trying to go to work just trying to live and they don't really care much about politics at all um the the mood of that group of, of people is critically important because that's the center of the country and i think that's rapidly starting to shift and i'll get back to that right after these messages welcome back thanks for listening to the podcast i really appreciate it and um it really means a lot the feedback that you give me every episode let me know what you think about it and uh, the well wishes and everything else are, are much deserved. We um, we spent another day out uh, on the other side of the mountains uh, to, at the hospital today, so we're we're juggling things. And we're I'm sorry I'm a little bit late again on a podcast, but that's just kind of how we roll around here. We got a lot of things going on, but thank you for listening. And I certainly will attempt to improve content and improve as I go along. But thank you. And again, if you'd like to find out more about us, you can go over to www.thepamphlet.net. And if you'd like to subscribe, you can go to our Patreon site at www.patreon.com forward slash the underscore pamphlet. And there you can subscribe to uh, for as little as $3 a month uh, to get our early access digital editions of the pamphlet. and Or you can get home delivery hard copies and other exclusive um, deals as well so we spent another uh, day out and about um, in the hospital and in doctor's appointments and everything else and uh, probably here uh, real quick we're gonna be be having a, a baby uh, it's not gonna take much probably if the wind changes direction we'll uh, we'll be back down an hour and a half away at a hospital and and welcoming our our new addition but while we were out and in between appointments we we went out to eat it's something that we have not been able to do for quite some time and 
uh, one of the things I realized that I really missed was people watching and, and listening. And it's always nice to hear little snippets into complete strangers' lives. And it really wakes up the senses to the, the mood of the people. And it's important to be able to gauge that. And what I, what I discovered first and, and foremost, that people are keenly aware that we've been in this for about a year as far as the COVID is concerned. And they are tired of unnecessary lockdowns and restrictions of all sorts, ranging from masks to not being able to dine in or certain things not being open and not allowed to operate. And being since spring is soon, not yet here, but people are, are starting to feel it. They know that it is about time for spring to happen and there is plenty of things that need to be done in, in my neck of the woods. Most people out here are farmers, ranchers, loggers, and, and whatnot are just plain homesteaders. And everyone knows that there are things to be done and there are far more important things to worry about than uh, a disease that 99.9%, give or take a few percentage points be based on your age, will be just fine after con contracting this. Heck, a lot of people have already have it and or have had it and have the opinion of, yeah, I had it. It wasn't a big deal. It certainly wasn't worth destroying the local economy. And we are tired of what government, fill in the blanks, whether it be state, local, federal, is doing to curtail our freedoms. So the mood of the general populace has has shifted. And before, it was just a quiet frustration, just kind of grin and bear it, just whatever, just it, it'll, it'll end soon. But now uh, the, the local populace is a little bit more than than beyond done with this and and i think that's why you also see a shift in government to man we need to get this money pushed out the door to to, to the populace and and perhaps you know maybe maybe fourteen hundred dollars uh for, per person will 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 tie that over and, and what's scary about this whole 1.8 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus bill that's working its way through is people know exactly that that most of the money is is not going for anything related to to covid relief i think it's uh the numbers right around now are about eight and a quarter billion are are going to be directed to covid relief and one trillion of the the other it is expansions of progressive programs and um <laughs> agenda items and and for example you'll see money going uh, to the arts, which hey, I like the arts, I like museums, but they've probably been hurt just as much as everything else. Uh, you'll see, I, I think there's $350 billion going to bail out of all 50 states, including the District of Columbia. And, and this, is, this is money that is basically blackmail, because the way it looks like it's starting to shape up, those liberal places who did the highest lockdowns and lost the most money and their economies over the years are already in the tank anyway they're getting the biggest chunk of this whereas places um like in the south and the the midwest those those places that didn't quite have as expensive lockdowns and generally did not quite shut everything down they're going to be getting less of this money and so this is forming the um 
precedent that you comply with a stupidity and 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 what's coming and you're going to you're going to get taken care of the the interesting thing that i also see coming out of this is that only i think it's uh, 400 or 500 billion in payment is going to the the individuals people that's a lot of money and that's a big chunk of this but when people start seeing that uh, money is going to a bridge from New York to Canada and um, uh, family planning, like Planned Parenthood, is in here, I am fairly certain that the, the $15 an hour minimum wage is actually going to cost between, you know, one to three million jobs. Um, that's going to be in there. So... It, there's a lot of things that while people will, will say, hey, great, I really need this money and I need to pay rent or I need to get, buy food because that's, you know, 20% more expensive than it was a few years ago. Um, diapers are just the common things. And even just going out to eat because you're just so pent up and you need that, that extra psychology in your life to feel that you're no, not alone in the world. The, the government seems bent on buying a distraction while at the same time ramrod, ramrodding through a lot of their pet projects that have been stifled for for years through through Trump just not buying into the the insanity. But I hear people talking about it. I hear people <laughs> complaining about it, just common people that whereas before you wouldn't hear this sort of, of talk in restaurants you yeah, occasionally sure but but generally people are more concerned with who's going to a dance recital or who's on the swim team or those sort of com conversations are completely replaced now and where the change is most prevalent is the middle america those that don't necessarily care one way or the other left or right they have no bone in this fight as they like to say they just want to be able to go to work and raise their family those individuals are noticing the the stark difference between the liberty and freedom of, of Trump to just live your life and, and a hands-off approach to an authoritarian, uh, almost dictatorship type of thing with the executive orders. And, and that is not lost in this money. People are starting to understand that this is blackmail money. And you, you have some people saying, I'm not going to spend it, but the vast majority of people, I believe, will. Uh, pay off debt or do something constructive with it rather than than go out and buy something worthless like a new big screen tv or whatnot i think people are are well aware that this sort of, of gravy train is not going to last long we don't have the money for it we don't have the money for that everything that's been put out uh, we can't possibly pay this back and and our government is rapidly starting to shift towards an unsustainability position and people are heck some people are using the money for guns and ammo some are using it for for stockpiles of food people are using the money to prepare for what's next and these are common everyday people these are the same ones who are probably calling other people crazy and preppers and 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 lunatics thinking the world was going to end three years ago you, you know they now <laughs> the people who have had a preparedness mindset are looking pretty smart and the common people are shifting towards that and understanding that government 
no matter who's in charge, whether somebody for the people or not, the, the, the government behind the government or those people who don't get fired and continue on, they're, they're destroying what, what is left of a, of a free country, and people are aware of this. But despite all this, um, I, I don't believe that life's going to return to normal. And I don't think that anybody else is, is well, not very many people, are, are, believe that either. There are some that say, oh, it's almost over, everything's going to go back. No, no, I, I, I think they're mistaken. Government, once it seizes power, um, has a challenge giving giving it back. I talked about that on my last podcast, I believe. And, and we see that um, a lot of the scientific models that are out are, are showing that COVID is ending and, and on the downfall. So you have places rushing to open up, and some out of just, we're done with this, we, we know this is a false narrative, it's not working, and others in attempt to, hey, we need to boost the numbers so that we can keep control, so let's let's pop and, and, and let everyone do everything they want, and then when the numbers rise up, we will lock it down again. So we'll see what actually happens, but I, I suspect, as I, and I also alluded to this, um, in the last podcast, but I suspect that there's something else, um, whether it be the next Ebola, the next um, next flu, flu will come back with a vengeance because we had a year without a flu, or man, bird flu, pig flu, chicken flu, I, I don't know, what it, um, you know, camel virus, coronavirus 2.0, whatever it is, something's going to come along, and it's going to be scary because they, they, they got to make it scary, so heck, maybe they'll, they'll push for a bubonic plague or something like that to to really get people freaked out because it, consider this <laughs> people have been freaked out and scared to scared to their wits end over a virus that has a very very low fatality rate what would happen if there was a resurgence of measles measles that's disease or you know, resistant or strain, something like that, that actually has a serious fatality rate. Can you imagine the tyranny that would happen at that point in time? So I, I think as we go into this pause, here's some money, focus on this. Uh, let's open some things out. Let's give you guys a little bit of hope. I, I think that is a good thing. And I'm glad that, you know, we can get out and, and go to eat and, uh, our movie theater, I think, in the, the town I go to about an hour and a half away is open, and that's nice. They can only afford to to show old movies because they don't have the, the, the money income flow to show new movies anymore. Um, but it's nice to see it's open. And, and so there's some glimmers of hope. But I'm, I'm concerned that this is a smokescreen for a second hammer that is about ready to fall as they clamp down even more. And, and I think we should all pay attention to that because I think it's coming. All right. Um, it's time for my next break. And after that, I wanted to talk about uh, the recent challenges in Texas power grid and how that might be a, a foreshadowing of things to come f just generally in, in our nation. And I'll explain that when I come back. <laughs> Welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. 
I really appreciate you listening to the Way John Taylor Patriot Report. Um, if you'd like to know more about us, again, you can check us out at www.thepamphlet.net. And if you have any questions or concerns, you can email directly email me directly at editor at thepamphlet.net, and I'll do my best to get back to you. And as a programming note, um, this Friday, I am not going to be doing a podcast. We will be back at the hospital doing more testing, and if uh, if need be, be being having a baby. And either way, at, at some point in time in the near future, it might even happen before then. But as of right now, on Friday, um, I will be out, and we will be um, not feeding the pigs and taking care of the chickens, turkeys, and and rabbits we will be doing something else um anyway thanks for listening and the lord willing the next podcast after this is going to be on hopefully the next monday so before the break i wanted to talk a little bit about the texas ice storm that just happened ice storm snowstorm cold arctic weather event and and how it essentially crippled their their grip their grid electric grid and one of the interesting things about texas is texas can get cold but it typically does not get as cold as it did and one of the things that your your climate change global climate freaks don't necessarily want to talk about is the grand solar minimum that is happening right now which means that temperatures across the globe for the past several years have been down solar energy output has been down and and actually if this trend continues um <laughs> we would have to to add more carbon to warm things up because things are going to get too cold and a grand solar minimum happens every once in a great while it's been the causes of great famines and dark ages and, and things like that. It's a long period of time where the sun, sun solar cycles are 11 years long. Anyway, uh, there's more energy produced by the sun, and then it goes on the downhill side, and then there's less, and, and there's minimums and maximums throughout that 11-year cycle. But there's a, a larger time scale where there's periods of, of great solar activity, um, several solar cycles or more. Um, powerful than others which causes the planet to warm up and then there's periods where there's a lot less solar activity and I think these are don't quote me on this because I can't remember but I think there are like 400 year cycles something like that either way we're in the middle of a grand solar minimum we're having a lot of weather challenges this is really the cause of of a lot of our weather challenges they want to say it's all climate change it's been climate's been changing long before we were here and it'll probably change long after we're gone that being said, um, Texas doesn't normally see a, a big Arctic dip like that that froze all the the windmills and a lot of the wellheads with the the natural gas and and they 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 really just are not prepared. Especially they've had a huge influx of population and uh, population growth from uh, California as people move out of that failed state and they've taken a lot of their policies with them and said hey well this is a great place for solar and hey this is a great place for for wind turbines which they a lot of their new for uh, power is is wind turbines they've taken some coal offline and and as a result um all the wind not every single one but pretty much every single one a, a large percentage of the wind turbines which supplies a, a decent portion of the grid froze up in an ice storm just when 
the the need for electricity went up. Texas is unique in that their grid is isolated. And long story short, they had a huge problem. They had rolling blackouts for days, and they were moments away from having such a catastrophe that it would have done damage to the grid had they not shut it down and, and gone through rolling blackouts. And then they would have been without power for months because they would have had to undergo some heavy repairs. I don't understand the science behind it, read about it, but I'm not qualified to speak about it right now, not until I read more. That being said, there is a lot of individuals on all sides saying that this is just kind of an example of well, the left will say it's a Republican fault and turn it into a political thing, whereas the people on the right are saying, look, our country is in a lot of problems uh, because corporations have been living on the the, the teats uh, for a long time, and they're not winterizing, they're not doing this, they're not prepared for um, emergencies because they you know, have government red tape. There's enough blame to go around in all places. I personally believe that we're just kind of that broken as a nation that our, our grid is, is aging, it's, it's old, it's, it's well beyond its capacity. We have not been smartly doing things because there's probably so much regulation that to put a new, a new nuclear power plant or something, interestingly enough, their nuclear power plant, half of it went offline because of the cold too because it wasn't winterized. But the point is, is that other forms of electricity that could be used in the emergency, um, it, it costs too much, too much regulation. You know, whereas if you want to put up some wind turbines, they'll fast track that and, and never mind the environmental studies and, and we'll just kind of skip that and 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 not worry about the, the what if studies. Um, and, and as a result, we're seeing what happened. I, I think we're going to see um, a, this on a larger scale. And I'm not talking about power plants everywhere, possibly, sure. But I think the whole fundamentals of society. And whether it be hospital systems, education systems, governmental systems, transportation systems, all of these things are, are aging and all the systems are aging. And the bureaucracy, the corrupt bureaucracy that is supposed to take care of these problems, everyone's going to have their hand out to, to get the kickbacks. And this is, this is the transition into a corrupt society. It's been corrupt for a long time, but it's becoming so corrupt that no matter what the catastrophe will be, whether it be an earthquake or um, an asteroid or Santa classing, crashing his sleigh into your home, I mean, it really doesn't matter, but when it comes time to fixing it, things cost too much to do it the way it needs to be done. The bureaucratic red tape means that things take way too long to do. And then by the time you get your plans or the plans to, to fix whatever problem you have, you have different add-ons that must be made for whatever reason. Um, and they're all supposed to be for the public benefit. But um, none of these things are ever designed to work with another thing. There's always a different computer system that doesn't work with another computer system. Somebody doesn't anticipate something. And, and really, it, things are overly complex. I think our society is becoming overly complex. And if you add that complexity with corruption, uh, those are two, two C's that don't go together. And Texas is just a snapshot of what may happen in any environmental disaster that is unplanned for. It could be water treatment plants were offline and transportation was suffering. I mean, the place that makes most of our fuel in the country was having problems getting fuel to certain areas. 
um, plants were taken offline. I mean, this this is is kind of what we're in for uh, nationwide in different seg- segments. So if you're in a lumber producing area like like myself, one of the things that's happened over the course of the pandemic is they've been paying the loggers less for the logs coming out of the the woods and and then they've been charging more for the lumber going to the consumers and yet they're sitting on piles and piles of inventory that's not going anywhere it, it, it because their their business sense just isn't working anymore and i'm sure that the <laughs> the types of houses that were, were being built or built differently. Maybe people want to live more rural, so that's doing well. And and then you will have other people who can't really afford things. So maybe multifamily homes I hear is, is doing good. So, but the, the thing is, is that the businesses themselves, the, the big, big businesses, the big lumber companies, they're doing the same thing that the Coca-Cola and other companies are doing. They're just screwing things up by their own bureaucratic uh, decisions. They're all trying to keep shareholders happy and be the first woke society to to make the government happy so that they don't get deregulated out of existence. And we're seeing that instead of good capitalistic decisions being made, we're seeing (laughs) decisions made out of fear and and how to avoid the the government shutting down your personal in, industry so the the decisions that we make as human beings on a, as a singular level as a citizen level and the fears that we have are amplified all the way up into to corporate structure and business structure and we're, we're seeing a fundamental change in our society and i think we're 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 at a tipping tipping point where people are waking up they are seeing what it is and they're not listening from CNN or MSNBC or, or any of those. They, they just don't trust those agencies. They know it's all lies. The vast majority of individuals are, are aware of what's going on. You have the people on the, the, the right, the hardcore freedom, liberty, loving people who, who were already aware. And now the people in the center are, are aware. And even I think the people on the, the left were starting to see... Um, individuals who supported left um, policies now because they're white they don't have a job they they have to to quit their job because it's you know the the reverse discrimination is so so prevalent that you know a, a white woman is not going to be able to hold on to her job this, this happened in a college recently and and she wrote an op-ed about it made a youtube video about it the whole thing and and she's a single mother who who had to quit because it was so traumatic and and so these policies on the left are, are breaking down. And it, I think it's a big push to see what's going to happen, whether the government will control everything or whether the people will, will wake up. And if we keep getting distracted by, by money being thrown at us or the next catastrophe um, and not really pay attention to the big writing on the wall, we're going to miss what's really happened happening and and we've been doing that for a long time but i think by and large people are waking up and that's a good thing if nothing else i think that these texas incidents can help us to prepare and and as a good reminder for us to make sure you've got your food storage make sure you've got your water storage make sure you've got some backup fuel backup power um, all the things that you might need extra medication it's just a good time to be prepared just for the what ifs because most people are, are now being aware that 
things are not as stable as they used to be. And I think that's that's just it. Even if you don't say anything else, the stability in the world is gone. And and we're going to see a shift in, in preparedness. And that's a good thing. All right, that's all the time I have. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I apologize for, for missing an episode in advance, going through a, a challenging time. And I should be back by Monday. And if anything else, I might do a little private, quick podcast for, for my Patreon subscribers, um, at least a message or something, and tossing that around in the back of my mind. Don't don't hold me to that just because I never know what's going to happen in the next short period. Plus, I have a pamphlet to put together, which I am busy typing away at even as we speak. So thank you for your support, your love and encouragement, and I send my love and encouragement to you. And God bless you, and God bless the United States of America.